Oh boy. <laughs> All right, good morning, folks. What's up? Let me uh, figure out what's going on here. Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast, episode number uh, 409. Give me a second here. All right, back in the main studio, still trying to orientate myself. So, uh, chat and mods, if you can, let me know how the audio levels are. We'll get this thing dialed in. Hey, Kimberly, I see you. In mod chat. Let me know if the audio levels are good. Let me bring it down here. All right, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, the show. Uh, excuse me. Welcome to the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, definitely Kimberly, Jenny Housley, Travis Connor. I saw Jesse Johnson up in there. Carrie, as always, Marcus Seiler, Sean Washington. People on LinkedIn, people on YouTube, Simply Cyber Squad members, first-timers and long-timers alike are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, there's going to be value for you here. I've got this just, hold on, like literally this just coming across the wire right now. My soundboard is out, so you're in for a treat of manual sound effects today on July 17th. Before we get into the top cyber news of the day, I do wanna uh, toss a coin to The Witcher and thank the, um, I might even have to stop mentioning The Witcher after what Netflix has done to that show. Uh, I do wanna say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Thank you very much. We've got a 404, not it, well it says error code 522 but i suspect that's cloudflare's error code because 522 um that's this is definitely a server side issue not a client side issue um barricade cyber sadly website's down i tried to let eric know about this so do me a favor if you can uh let's just throw the barricade cyber logo emo in chat squad members let's let's lift them up Guys, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated <clears throat> to helping businesses recover from cyber attacks and really the damage done from those cyber attacks. They can cause massive issues, guys, and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, when their website's up or when it's down, it doesn't matter. They know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com or connect with Eric Taylor on LinkedIn or on discord and i i know i say that flippantly this is a real business doing real work for major clients um and i, I just really g glad to be affiliated and associated with barricade cyber they help out people who are having a tough day they're basically cyber firefighters also want to say shout out and what's up to panopsi security panopsi led by brandon pool they are left of boom they okay so uh, Barricade Cyber's right of boom. If you've taken my GRC course, you know what I'm talking about. They're there after bad happens. Panopsi is there for before bad happens. Dare I say it, preventing or limiting and uh, reducing the likelihood of bad happening in your environment. So if you don't like bad happening in your environment, i.e. cyber incidents, compromises, data theft, 
downtime, ransomware, business email compromise, these things, consider Panopsi Security. Why? Because they have services including a quantified risk assessment that can come in, look at your people, process, and technology, and pretty much give the give your give your business the old whoop whoop um, and uh, give you that full um, you know bohica. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bohica. Give you that full Bohica um, inspection, and when they're done, they can tell you statistically sound the likelihood of suffering cyber incidents, and more importantly, what type of investments will reduce those um, incidents from occurring or limiting the damage from them. I.e., it's worth the money. You can build a three-year uh, strategy around the output of a quantified risk assessment. So consider Panopsi Security. Panopsi.com, link in the description below. Also want to say shout out and holla, holla, holla to Anti-Siphon Training, but more about them at the mid-roll. I'm back in the studio, y'all. I'm super pumped. If you're live, remember, hashtag team live in chat. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is worth half a CPE, so two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat, hashtag team live. If you're watching on replay, hashtag team replay. Um, shout out and thanks to Team Replay. Um, nobody's really uh, um, let me know that there's any issue with dropping that um, like blog link on, and pinning it to each episode's um, comments. So let me know, hashtag Team Replay. I am interested in that as we're continuing to develop the show. If it's your first time here, hashtag first timer in chat. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. We have a great time here. Say hashtag first timer. Let us know you're here. Be curious how you found us. Uh, but I'm more more um, focused on making sure that you have a great experience. And finally, if you're a hashtag passive observer, uh, let us know in chat. Take your first step into uh, social uh, professional networking. Guys, professional networking is unbelievably valuable. I've had multiple people reach out to me um, over the weekend and they're like, I, you know, like, dude, people with like, MBAs. I just graduated with a master's in cybersecurity. I've got these certs. Um, I'm not getting interviews. Like, what do I do? Like, I, I, you know, I'm on paper. I'm amazing. Like, what the hell? And I'm like, wh- who? Like, are you networking? Does anyone know that you're awesome? And they're like, no. And and I fell in this trap myself when I graduated college. I thought that you know employers would just be lined up, and I'd be you know pick. A, I'd be like, it'd be like the Bachelorette, and I would be handing out roses. And unfortunately, it was not that way. So you got to network, people. So hashtag Passive Observer. I see Andrew Coleman coming in hot for the first time. Thanks, Andrew. Hey, Cynthia, over on LinkedIn. Great to see you. Uh, Space Tacos is hashtag Team Donuts. Love it, love it, love it. All right, guys. We got a great show. It is uh, Monday, which means it is Callen's Art of the Week, a special segment that we do every single uh, day. has a different little special segment. Today's Callen, my son's Art of the Week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Guys, the coffee's flowing. I'm sweating. It's hot under these lights. I went with a long sleeve shirt for some reason down here in the low country. Hey, Kenosis Dean. James McQuiggan from the top rope. Good morning, Coffee Cup Cheers. Networking is key to helping you get into cyber. And not the router switch kind. Absolutely. Let's see if my sounder works. My soundboard does not work, of course. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat, James. And remember, the soundboard is broken today, so it will be manual sound effects. If you're a first timer here, Cynthia, Andrew Coleman, I normally have a soundboard that does the effects, but I make it as a, um, a deal with the community that I'll do them manually. Sit back, relax, and let's let the hot sounds of the cool news wash over us in an awesome wave. It's cybersecurity headlines. 
It's Monday, July 17th, 2023. Russia linked Garmaredin starts stealing data 30 to 50 minutes after initial compromise. Ukraine's computer emergency response team is warning that the Russia-linked APT group Gamma Redin, also known as Shuckworm, Actinium, Armageddon, Primitive Bear, UAC-0010, and Trident Ursa, is able to steal data from victims' networks in less than an hour after the initial compromise. The group often uses spear phishing and social engineering emails and messages through Telegram, WhatsApp and Signal as an initial attack vector using accounts that have been previously compromised. All right. This is not um this isn't too crazy, okay? This is this is garden variety APT behavior, okay? So let me break this down for you. A Russia linked APT, which stands for advanced persistent threat, which just basically means like a pro level um cyber capability, right? APTs if you're if you're uh, new to the industry or you're breaking in or what have you, APTs are essentially they're not always nation state backed, but typically they're nation state backed threat actors. They have resources, they have money, they have time, they have expertise, they're sophisticated, they can go low and slow, they can go gangbusters, kick a hole in the speaker, pull the plug and then jet. Um, and this is a Russia linked one, okay? Again, they, we can't say with any certainty that it's Russia state sponsored, but it's Russia linked, okay? By the way, uh, Gamma Redden, I've never heard of. It does make me think of Ganon from Legend of Zelda. Maybe like a, uh, you know, if there was like a, a, a forked version of Legend of Zelda, uh, like Legend of Belda, and the bad guy would be Gamma Redden. Um, they're saying that they're stealing data within 30 minutes of initial compromise. Again, this is not super, oh my God, like this is mind-blowing. Oh, they, they like this is, we haven't dealt with a threat like this. Guys, the fact, the, the, once you compromise an asset, right? I don't care. In this instance, they're using Signal to push malware and trick someone. And you can see right here um, in the screenshot, this is the code of the you know URL. And essentially what it's doing is it's reaching out to a hard-coded IP address and pulling and running a shell script. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's run. It's running a shell. It's running PowerShell basically and executing a command. Um, it's simple as that. And pulling down what says is prayers.jpg. I don't know why it's pulling down a, a a graphic file and running it. So I I suppose it's not really a JPEG and it's just listed that way. The um, the distribution is through Signal. So even though Signal is super private, okay, right? Uh, if you're into privacy, maybe you use Signal. Um, Signal stands on the ground that they're not going to um, compromise on individual privacies. It's still a communication vehicle and you can still send somebody malware. So don't think that just because Signal's wicked secure doesn't mean that someone can't send you malware through it as demonstrated right here. Uh, finally, um, the fact that they're coming in and exhaling data 30 minutes after compromise, that doesn't mean anything. Here's the deal, guys. When you compromise a box, right? It's like you have access to it. Like when you, when I powered up my computer this morning, I could have started exfilling data to Google drive, right? I'm on the computer. I have access. When a threat actor gets on your box, whether they trick you to run malware, they use some technical exploitation, you're a dummy and you just left RDP open to the internet, whatever. When they're on the box, they can start shipping data out. I guess what it's interesting is 
30 minutes after compromise, sometimes not it's not uncommon. Threat actors will get on a box and they'll they'll stop. They'll establish a persistence mechanism or two, right? So they can get back in without issue. So they can send C2 commands without issue. Then they'll start probing around, looking what it what have I got? Who is this? Can we move laterally, etc.? Can we can we um, hide our tracks and then maybe start doing exfil? In this case, it's just this is a smash and grab job. They kick a hole in the, uh, they break the window, they grab up the jewels, and they get the heck out of there. Okay. Nothing to it. Um, my suspicion is that this Gamma Redden group uh, is looking for something or they're trying to just be terror um, in, in that case. And they're busting into Ukraine and they're trying to grab up some data. I don't know what their goal is, but they're obviously looking for something. That's that's all there is to it. This is not I mean, this isn't great, but this isn't groundbreaking. This is just like this is garden variety APT behavior. OK, spicy. AI tool Worm GPT allows for sophisticated cyber attacks. According to findings from Slash Next, Worm GPT has been advertised on underground forums as a way for adversaries to create highly convincing fake emails personalized to the recipient, thus increasing the chances of success for the attack. Despite anti-abuse protocols put in place by OpenAI and Google's BARD, a report from Checkpoint last week described how, quote, BARD's anti-abuse restrictors in the realm of cybersecurity are significantly lower compared to those of ChatGPT, end quote, making it the current tool of choice for such activities. Slash Next security researcher Daniel Kelly added in his company's report that threat actors are promoting jailbreaks for ChatGPT, engineering specialized prompts and inputs that are designed to manipulate the tool into generating output that could involve disclosing sensitive information, producing inappropriate content, and executing harmful code. Yeah, all right. Hold on. I think I fixed the sounder while we were talking. Oh, all right. Well, that's not going to work. Okay, shall we play a game? Okay, so that's Joshua from War Games. All right, guys. Uh, I will get the soundboard fixed uh, for tomorrow's show. So please, I, I know there is a faction of you that likes the manual sound effects, but, but I feel like a donkey. All right, so Worm, GP, Worm GPT, no surprise. Guys, you've got to remember this. At the end of the day, cyber criminals, like, they're... They're a business, right? The days of like the lone hacker, the one, you know, anti-establishment, punk hair, you know, guy operating with the hoodie and all that. Yes, that's that's um, that's how the industry is portrayed in, in uh, cinema and Hollywood. And yes, there are some of those people. But for the most part, guys, 98% of what I as a practitioner and you as a practitioner are worried about and defending against and building controls in place against are criminals who operate in more of a business capacity. Okay. Everybody is using AI. Everybody's using AI. It is no shocker that threat actors, enterprising criminals have created some type of chat GPT for malware or chat GPT for malicious uh, cyber behavior. They're probably getting paid out right? Straight cash, homie. They're probably getting paid out um, by other criminals who are using this. So just so we're clear, this is a platform that threat actors have developed in order to make it available as a uh, service. This is basically AI malware as a service, right? <clears throat> and the idea is that they 
promise that they can code um, convincing emails, uh, excuse me, convincing phishing emails, excuse me, convincing phishing emails, potentially malware and some other stuff. Um, dude, they're sticking AI in everything, in everything. So it doesn't surprise me that this is here. Um, you know, this is probably on the dark web, which means I'm not going to be able to play with it or mess with it. I do not like I am squeaky clean, bro. I do not want to go on the dark web. I don't care if I got three layers of Tor prophylactics, a, you know, a hazmat suit. I'm not going up into the dark web to play with Worm GPT um, unless I'm like, I don't know, like in a foreign country on a library kiosk computer wearing a hazmat suit. Um, Eee. All right. So anyways, this is really, really cool. Uh, Worm GPT. Also, as a fun fact, if you are new to the industry or just breaking in, this thing at the top right here where it says Worm GPT, this is called ASCII art. Uh, it's very cool. And if you're, I, and I know it sounds trite, but like if you're a legit, um, you know, command line based software, you have ASCII art in it. Go launch Metasploit launch launch any any like well-known tool except nmap nmap's so old that like they don't even have ascii art but ascii art's where it's at uh anyways that's just like a fun little side story here we go microsoft still unsure how hackers stole azure ad signing key following up on last week's email breach story an inactive microsoft account consumer signing key was allegedly used by chinese hackers to breach the exchange online and azure ad accounts of two dozen organizations including the government agencies the threat actors used a stolen azure ad enterprise signing key to forge new auth tokens by exploiting a get access token for resource api flaw providing them access to the target's enterprise mail Microsoft stated, quote, the method by which the actors acquired the key is a matter of ongoing investigation, end quote. This was published in an advisory on Friday. Okay. White House. So this, um, this was a story last week, right? Um, Azure AD Enterprise signing key was able to forge auth tokens. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the incident that involved um, U.S. government email accounts, right? It was like 25 accounts. Fact, fact check me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe this is the story where like 25 different government email accounts were accessed. I kind of downplayed it because it was like contractors of government, like who happened to have government accounts and stuff like that. Microsoft nipped it in the bud pretty quickly as well. Um, so um, anyways, they're doing an investigation. It reminds me, uh, BSEC, you'll have to clarify. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what you're saying. Um, but it reminds me of like when Google had Project Aurora, which was also a Chinese, um, you know, compromise incident uh, and all the work that Google did. This sounds like um, Microsoft is very interested in this and for good reason. Um, like that Azure AD uh, signing key, it was with an inactive account, which is kind of strange. It, it did, if they hadn't caught it when they did, it could have been very, very um, bad for, for, um, for Microsoft as a vendor for the United States as a country. So anyways, there, there isn't much to this story other than Microsoft's investigating and taking it seriously. So good, good on you, Microsoft. Um, all right, hold on. 
I'm, I'm just getting this from BSEC that uh, it's possible Daniel Kelly is the author of this worm GPT. Is that what we're saying here? Um, oh, no, Daniel Kelly, he just got interviewed. I see, I see, I see. Cool. Yeah, so if you want a little bit more information on this, here's a link to the blog post for this worm GPT. I'll go, I might, I might uh, go check this out afterwards. Also, um, Really quickly, uh, just this is like an action item for me for the mods. Uh, if there's a way to like, I know that uh, Recon Infosex Thursday Defensive, they have the ability to like kind of collect any um, URLs that are dropped in chat during the during the briefing. Uh, it would be cool to have that capability in an automated way. If there, if anyone knows about something like that, that way we could just um, put out a here's a list of resources that we covered today. All right, let's keep going. House plan for implementing cybersecurity strategy faces roadblocks. On Thursday, Biden administration officials rolled out a long-awaited implementation plan for the White House's national cybersecurity strategy. However, this was overshadowed by both the Microsoft Azure email breach as well as by the halting of a controversial regulation mandating U.S. water systems to improve their cybersecurity posture. That water systems suit especially may create a roadblock for other potential moves by the administration to use existing authorities to create cybersecurity mandates for other critical infrastructure sectors. All right. So this is really, really important. And I'm a little frustrated personally, and I'll explain why in a second. So back in March, um, back in March, the White House released their cybersecurity strategy, right? Now, for governments, strategies are like, you know, long horizon looking things, right? Like five year, 10 year. Um, it's not very tactical. And the White House plan had five pillars, if you re if you remember. One of the pillars that made all the, the news was about like basically endorsing and providing federal support for hackback, right? Instead of just being defensive, this is the whole story I said last week about holding the the little kid back by the forehead and he's swinging his arms um, and you just like let him swing his arms. Now the White House is basically uh, allowing you to continue to hold him back, but you're going to kick him in the shins. Uh, how do we implement that strategy? Well, the White House has released this um, implementation plan for the strategy, which is good. Uh, it says faces roadblocks. The roadblocks are not with the implementation plan. This This title is misleading. The, the roadblocks are that there was two major stories last week that uh, kind of overshadowed the deployment of this plan. Now, I mentioned that I'm a little frustrated, all right? I would love to read this plan. I would love to have all sorts of hot takes on this plan. I am in desperate need, like so many of you, I am in desperate need of time. I need time. I drove for 17 hours this weekend. I don't have, I didn't have time and I don't have time to read this plan. Although I want to read this plan. I haven't had time. And this is an admission. I haven't had time to read the Verizon data breach incident report. I, I read the, the, the high level like intro page and you know, okay. Like social engineering's hot right now. Okay. I want to read these things and I just got to find the time. As many of you know, I've been, um, I've been trying to figure out ways to get more time. I think I may have discovered a way I'm talking through it right now. Uh, catch me at the, catch me at the cafe. Hold on. Catch me outside. How about that? And, uh, I'll tell you what's up. Maybe a jaw jacking, uh, at the SC cafe after the stream. And I'll let you know what's cracking. 
All right, let's do the mid-roll. Hey, and by the way, if anybody knows anything about this implementation plan, would love to talk to you. If you like GRC, as I do, uh, you know I'm on a mission to make GRC socially acceptable. This White House plan, this is squarely in GRC's um, wheelhouse, all right? So definitely dig in. And now, a word from our sponsor, OpenVPN. We asked Anthony Hook, the CTO at Dataweavers, if he would recommend Cloud Connexa to other companies. His response, a resounding yes. With Cloud Connexa, he says, quote, we bypassed the clunky client-owned VPNs and networks, gaining a seamless, secure, and efficient connectivity solution, end quote. You can read more at the link in our show notes. Oh my God, I am like a sweaty Betty right now. Holy mackerel. Like, I can't tell if it's hot in here, if my body's like reacting to this hot coffee, which by the way, I haven't drank out of this mug in, in a month and a half. I love this mug. I love this mug. Shout out to the Low Country and the um, the Air Force hooking me up with this mug. All right, guys, it is the mid-roll. I don't have a soundboard, which means we're going to go classic, classic, um, so, like the actual song. This is going to result in a, uh, a copyright strike, but I'm willing to do that for you guys. Let's do it. Uh, if you're new here, hashtag first timer like Cynthia. And Andrew Coleman, where's my list? Oh my God, bro, you're killing me, Smalls. If you're new here, like Cynthia and Andrew Coleman, we do this every uh, we do this every episode. Oh my, please. All right, let's let this wash over us. Hey, 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 hey! All right, all right. Little touch of the '80s, little Breakfast Club action. Let me just take a slug off this coffee. Yeah, Stone Arrow. The manual sound effects only go so far. <laughs> All right, y'all. So check it out. Thanks so much to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi Security, and Anti-Siphon Training. Uh, huge fan. Black Hills Information Security, Anti-Siphon Training, just coming online. Signed uh, uh, sponsorship through the end of 2023. So guys... Barricade, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon are the sponsors for the second half of 2023. Get get used to them. Get warm. They are friends of mine. I personally know the owners of all of these companies, and they are exceptional people. Anti-Siphon Training is the training arm of Black Hills Information Security uh, run by John Strand. Semphilus knows what's up. Oh, thank you so much, Jax. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Mrs. Ozier, <laughs> Mrs. Ozier hooking me up, uh, with the gear. All right, guys, anti-siphon training. They have all sorts of different live training, recorded training. They have training on everything you could possibly think of. And, um, three of the different trainings are, uh, run by John Strand himself. Sock core skills with John Strand, getting started in cyber with black hills and miter attack and active defense and cyber deception. If you get a chance to uh, do any of these trainings, I guarantee you, you will be happy. I'm going to drop a link in chat to go there. Uh, we've got getting started with uh, Black Hills and Miter Attack on September 18th. So get ready for that when that comes in. This is going to be awesome. I might even take this if my, if my plan is coming together on how I'm going to get more time. 
again, so thanks to uh, Black Hills Information Security and um, Anti-Siphon Training. Wonderful people. By the way, side note, I ordered um, a, a Bear versus Bear t-shirt, right, from the Rekka Comics. And their limited edition hardbound graphic novel, Bear vs. Bear. And some jerk-off stole it. Some porch pirate stole it while I was in um, Massachusetts. So some jack wagon out there has um, a really cool shirt. So enjoy that, you prick. All right, guys, I want to um, say if you're getting value from the stream, hit the like button. It does go a long way. Some of those first-timers may have found it because uh, you hit the like button. James McQuiggan, if I get my hands on Warm GPT, Gerald, I'll send you an email. What? Did we just become best friends, James McQuiggan? Yep. Thanks so much, James. You could definitely fish me anytime you want. Guys, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. We do it every single day, and it's gone out well. Um, not only IT, a.k.a. Paul, is in chat right now. He's current baton holder. He's going to tag somebody. Here's a link to his. This guy, Paul. Paul only has 78 connections. Let's all, first of all, connect with Paul. And uh, let's blow his account up. Secondly, if not only IT can tag somebody, please, uh, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an opportunity um, to connect, to build your professional feed. Whoever gets the baton, post your cyber story on LinkedIn. Everybody else, go to LinkedIn and find the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. And uh, it looks like Kuda Chimera is currently the new tag with the baton. So Kuda Chimera, I look forward to seeing your post on LinkedIn. Use that Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Guys, listen to me and, and believe this. If you do this for a couple weeks, connect with the people, you will notice a, like a material shift in what your LinkedIn feed looks like. It will be much more valuable. It will be much more on brand. It will have less bull crap in it. You will be glad that you did this, but it takes a few weeks to build up your network and to teach the LinkedIn algorithm what you're into, all right? So holler at me if you will. Uh, also, the final bit here, uh, it is Callan's uh, art of the week. Callan went... Source code of the black... Callan went a little old school today. Um, I don't typically show you my kids, but Callan got himself a Polaroid camera and he did a selfie with him and his brother. Uh, so shout out and thanks, Callan, for making this uh, part of my art that I keep around my desk. I do have pictures of my kids, my family, and uh, the old... The old double selfie with a funny face. So thanks so much, Callan, for your art of the week. We love it here on the show. Let's get back into it. Lotus UEFI bootkit leaked on GitHub and experts are divided. Back in March, researchers from ESET discovered a new stealthy unified extensible firmware interface UEFI bootkit named Black Lotus that is able to bypass a secure boot on Windows 11. Its source code has been leaked on GitHub, meaning threat actors can use it to create their own variants, which include new exploits. According to some experts, this represents a significant risk, mainly because it can be combined with new exploits and create new attack opportunities, while others, such as Alex Matrizov, CEO of the firmware security company Binary, believes that the leaked source code doesn't represent a significant threat because it isn't complete. All right, couple things really quickly. Uh, McKinney with the super chat. What? Do we just become best friends, McKinney? Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat. Kuda Chimera, happy birthday, birthday wishes to you. Thank you for spending part of your birthday with the Simply Cyber community. All right, guys. Source code of UFE bootkit leaked on GitHub. 
bunch of things to unpack here. First of all, um, there's malware on GitHub. There's a lot of it, okay? Microsoft, who owns GitHub, is pretty good about cleaning those things up. So if you wanted to get a copy of this boot kit, you might want to move fast. Second of all, um, whoever Black Lotus uh, is and whoever owns it, this thing was written in assembly, which is my least favorite programming language. Uh, assembly in C, and it's only 80 kilobits in size, but it is able to bypass Windows 11 secure boot. All right. Couple things. One, software, you know, there's always ways to circumvent software. So even though Windows and Microsoft beats their chest and says, like, Windows 11 secure boot can't be beat, it's the best, it's the best, uh, someone beat it, right? Um, this UFE bootkit is five grand, which with five grand with $200 for updates, which is kind of funny. It's like, that's such a disparate. Why not just whatever? So, um, so whoever's buying that definitely has a need for it. Your garden variety hacker isn't going to just drop five grand to, to dabble, uh, to like to diddle a assembly programming language that can bypass um, a UFI, um, bi you know, BIOS basically. And finally, uh, just so we're all on the same page, UEFI, when you boot a computer up, okay, this is, this is valuable. When you boot a computer up, okay, you know how you get the black screen and there's some text flipping around and then all of a sudden you get the splash page with the windows and it's like loading windows, okay? Um, before windows loads, that right there, the black screen and the other crap, the system checks, that's BIOS, basic input, uh, input. Is it basic input operating system or basic input output system? I think it's basic input operating system. Anyways, for years, BIOS is all that there was. Well, with the advance of technology and the ability for um, you know additional hardware for hardware encryption like BitLocker and stuff like that, FileVault, like we were able to do more before the main operating system booted up. And that is what UEFI is. You've got your basic input operating system. Then UEFI kicks up with all its action, right? And then the main boot record gets gets fired off for the operating system. And then you're off and running in Windows. So if you as a threat actor can do some stuff before Windows boots up, then everything that the Windows operating system is responsible for from a security perspective doesn't happen, right? Um, EDR solutions are not looking inside of the BIOS and UFI uh, boot up process. So if you can get in there and you can compromise uh, the BIOS or the UEFI, well then you're home, you're home because you're beneath the operating system at that point, right? So think about it really quickly from a stack perspective, right? Let's say you're on a Windows computer using Google Chrome to surf the internet, okay? Work with me here. You go to some weird website and you get your Chrome browser doing some crypto jacking. That infection is at the browser. Now you accidentally download some stupid app and now you've got a malicious software running on your computer. That's an operating system infection, right? But still, everything above the operating system works, right? All of your security controls. Underneath that operating system is the hardware. And, you know, the, the, the UFI and BIOS, it's not really doing anything once you boot into the main operating system. But if you can get down there, that's why they call it a root kit, right? I, they say boot kit here because it's, boot, it's when you boot up the computer. But in all intents and purposes, this is really a root kit. Back in the day, they called them root kits uh, because you're, you're nestled deep underneath the, the ground. You're, you're, you're embedded 
right? So you don't want to screw around um, when it comes to boot kits, root kits, okay? Genesis Market sold to anonymous buyer despite FBI disruption. Following up on a story we brought you last week regarding the Genesis Market, which was put up for sale three months after having its assets seized by the FBI, well, it's sold. The group behind Genesis Market claimed on Thursday that it had been sold to an unidentified buyer. This is according to forum posts from Genesis Store, which had previously been associated with the platform's administrators. The post in Russian said, quote, a buyer has been found and a deposit has been made. The store will be handed over to a new owner next month, end quote, adding, quote, accounts on the forums will not be transferred. The new owner will create new accounts if necessary, end quote. Okay, so, uh, all right, two things here. One, um, I'm going to, I guess, eat crow here. I, I called um I called this last week when they announced that Genesis Market, which is basically just a dark web marketplace, right? Think of Amazon for for drugs and guns and murder, okay? The FBI and Europol took this down, okay? And it's really it's just software, right? So they took down the operators of the platform, so the people are going to jail, and they took down the website, so you can't actually get there but the website software still exists and that's what genesis was selling now remember the people who are selling it um i guess might get the money after they get out of jail i don't know but i said who would buy this who would buy this marketplace that is basically completely burned to the ground uh and someone i said no one would buy it okay the fact that it it was bought i was wrong now uh it does say in the story that's interesting. Uh, this guy, Dimitri Smilyanets, a threat intelligence specialist at Recorded Future, says um, there's a chance that the operators themselves made the move to facilitate branding. Um, so basically, they bought it from themselves, made a big deal about it in order, A, to distance themselves from the compromised burned brand, two, um, to let the community of buyers know that the Genesis marketplace probably will be coming up in a different, you know, iteration soon, right? So your so your customer base is like, oh, okay, well, like Genesis is coming back. I just got to take a two week vacation and then I'm up and running. But it's run by the same people. That's quite possible as well. Um, one thing I did say on the stream the other day is there's a this is basic economics. There is a demand from a consumer population, a, a criminal consumer population to have these dark web marketplaces. So until that demand goes away, threat actors are going to stand up these dark web marketplaces and roll the dice on getting arrested because um, there's money to be made. Straight cash, homie, right? Hackers steal over $55 million in Mexican financial fraud. In May of this year, hackers carried out a widespread phishing campaign targeting both individuals and organizations in Mexico. Researchers from Israel-based cybersecurity company Perception Point estimated that since early 2021, the threat actors have defrauded more than 4,000 victims out of over $55 million. 
This attack, dubbed Manipulated Cayman, which used Loader Manipulado in the script of the attack, starts off as a phishing scam in which the target receives an email with a supposed tax receipt attached, which leads to the malware download. This attack was geofenced to Mexico only, meaning that a potential victim with an IP outside of Mexico was redirected to a legitimate website where the attack was terminated. This method can make it extremely difficult for even the most advanced threat detection solutions to identify and catch. It also helped the attacker use the victim's own computers to distribute the attack. Hmm. It's interesting. <clears throat> okay, so a couple things here worth noting. One, $55 million straight cash, homie. Not a bad payday for some people, okay? Uh, secondly, you don't typically see, like, I, I personally cannot recall any time that Mexico was exclusively targeted, okay? It's interesting. Uh, 4,000 victims in all, $55 million over two years. Um, the malware, basically, it was it was just malware, straight malware. I, I didn't understand... Uh, you know, basically they send an attachment with an invoice. Uh, the person clicks on it and basically runs it and it, it, it compromises them, right? Um, the attacker gets unauthorized access to the computer. And, you know, once they're there, it doesn't go into how they're stealing money, but basically the threat actor gets you to download malware and then they get on your box. And then from there, they're able to get money somehow, right? Probably... If I had to guess, maybe key logging, get your passwords, log into your accounts, maybe business email compromise, whatever it is. Uh, it is interesting to note that they did geofencing. There's a couple different ways to do this, but the concept of geofencing or um, kind of intelligent malware in, in that it decides what to do based on some criteria, like a logic bomb. If you want to dig into your, if you want to blow the dust off your sec plus book, <sighs> logic bomb uh basically there's a bunch of different ways to do this but before the malware detonates it looks at some some aspect some criteria some qualifier on the victim machine and then makes a decision in this one it looked to see if the ip address was in mexico so unfortunately if you're some um poor soul who was using a vpn you're in colorado and you're vpning out of mexico you would have gotten hit by this one. But for the most part, I don't know anyone that VPNs out of Mexico either. But for the most part, um, this is how they controlled it. Just as a fun fact, um, I have also seen Russia do this uh, famously with the Not Petya attack. Not Petya attack. This was a massive, massive attack. And the way that they did this one was before the Not Petya malware, which was a wiper virus before the not pet you would detonate it would actually look at what language the keyboard was in right so you know how like every time you start a new computer run fire up a raspberry pi whatever the first thing it says is what language is the computer most of us it's it defaults to english and we just hit return and keep going the malware would look at the language of the keyboard and if it was not cyrillic it would not detonate. If it was, it would detonate, right? So there's different ways of implementing these kind of if-then branches to make malware smart. It's not just radioactive and you throw it over the fence and it, it, it infects everyone and anyone it touches. There is a little bit of, you know, finesse or sophistication here. Uh, long story short, Mexico got got. 
somebody's eating a lot of tacos. I do love tacos, uh, but $55 million will buy you several. Um, so, yep, there we go. Colorado State University says MoveIt-related data breach impacts students and staff. The university has confirmed that the CLOP ransomware operation stole sensitive personal information of current and former students and employees during the recent MoveIt transfer data theft attacks. Although the actual extent and impact of the data breach is still being evaluated, CSU stated that PII dating back to 2021, maybe even earlier, of prospective, current and former CSU students and current and former employees may have been impacted. They added that the leak is not the result of a direct breach of any CSU system, but rather a compromise of the university's service vendors, TIAA, National Student Clearinghouse, Corbridge Financial, Genworth Financial, Sun Life and The Hartford. All of these providers utilize the MoveIt Transfer Security file transfer platform. All right. So a couple of things really quickly. Uh, Butler NA says that... Uh, Butler VPNs from Mexico sometimes get better lobbies in Warzone. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a use case here to be made for VPNing out of Mexico. All right, yeah, so BSEC saying, I think we're gonna hear about MoveIt for years. Again, I am stunned um, at how pervasive MoveIt was in, in society. This is a software I'd never heard of before. And I don't know in chat if you heard about it, but Klopp Ransomware Group. Guys, I can't, I got to tell you, I am a baby oil, rub me down, pants off, um, like if and when any of the Klopp Ransomware threat actors get caught and that $10 million bounty is paid, oh my God, what a day. That's going to be. Uh, that's going to be like a banana split, Jim Dandy friendly style. That is going to be delicious. Uh, I can't wait, but dude, move it is everywhere. It's like every single day, um, there's a different victim announced, uh, from the move it software. And just really quickly move. It is a software that helps with backups. Uh, backups are really, really important right now, especially in the, in the, uh, face of ransomware being as rampant as it is. Um, dude. Governments were using it, pharmaceutical companies, universities, like anything and everything um, used this MoveIt software. And basically, Klopp just exfilled all of it. All right. Now, you might be saying, I, I want to share one important thing that people may not know. Um, so here's the deal. You're like, okay, it's a higher ed student's PII. That sucks, but you know what? Everybody in the United States at least has like four different forms of identity theft protection running concurrently, right? So what's the big deal, Jerry? I do want to point something out, okay? And I, I'm taking this directly from the BlackBaud breach years ago. And BlackBaud happens to be in Charleston, South Carolina, the low country, uh, but they are a wide, big brand. If you Google BlackBaud, you'll see it. Here, actually, I'm going to pull it up right now. Okay, BlackBaud to pay $3 million for being bad. They, they, uh, they actually downplayed um, the impact of a ransomware incident that they had uh, a couple years ago. Ooh, looks like the SEC is charging BlackBaud for failing to disclose. That's not good for BlackBaud. All right, so here's the deal. 
they, they paid a $3 million settlement. Okay. Here's the deal. This goes way beyond students. Yes, students PII impacted, but guys, you've got to, you got to go where the money is, right? Straight cash, homie. Where's everything? Dude, cash rules everything around me. Cream. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. What am I talking about? A lot of these universities depend on alumni donations, endowments. Someone dies, they leave a boatload of money to their alma mater, right? If those alumni, if those endowments, of those people who are making anonymous donations, oftentimes because, yes, they love their alma mater, but also there are tax implications for them making these donations. We also saw um, a, a massive embarrassing story for Lori Laughlin back uh, last year where she was making these donations and her kid got into Stanford when their kid wasn't even qualified to get to Stanford, right? There are major people delivering major amounts of money to universities. If Colorado State, if those donations and those people get released, that, yeah, it, it's not good for those people, but guess what? Those people with those pocketbooks are going to be pissed and maybe not going to make the donation the following year. This is a major concern for a university that depends on that cashish coming in to fund their initiatives. You feel me? That's, to me, that's the real impact. Mono Julian with the $2 super chat. Thank you, Mono, going to Madagascar. What? Did Mono Julian and I just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, Mono. So anyways, guys, even after, long after, um, you know, you, you move on or whatever, just remember at the end of the day, follow the money, straight cash, homie. Almost always you can find some financial angle that will indicate and, and, and uh, help make sense of a situation, right? So CSU, hopefully uh, their alumni and donations were not uh, included in that data. There's a lot of excitement in the industry for the possibilities of five. All right. Looks like that's, hold on. Let me get some, uh, all right. All right. Here we go. I, I need some music with like a little bit of, come on, man. I need something with like some jazz. Like, give me, oh my God. So we've already, um, we've already blown the copyright. Uh, we've already blown the copyright, right? So let's let's do this. Since we've already blown the copyright, let's get let's get get some good stuff. Anybody want some Herbie Hancock? Yeah, boy. All right, guys. So that's gonna do it for the news. Um, shout out and thanks to NCC Group um, for um, and Base Case. Uh, we got a couple minutes over. Sorry about that. Guys, want to remind everybody, later today at 4 p.m., I will be doing a live stream Let's Play uh, with World of Haiku. Brand new content being released. SQL Map, the tool that basically automates SQL injection attacks on websites, uh, has been integrated into the World of Haiku platform. I'm going to be taking it for a test drive, spinning around. You, if you've attended these live streams before, you know that... Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and when I launched the cafe, 
Uh, I'll probably do the Let's Plays on the cafe, but more about that. Oh, yeah. I love it, Joel Belton. Good to see you. All right, so join me at 4 o'clock for that. Also, if you guys did not know, we have a legend coming on this Thursday, Ipsec, um, YouTuber, hacker, content creator, uh, Hack the Box. He's got a, like a million uh, follow-alongs on YouTube. Dude's awesome. I'm super pumped to have him. Uh, we, we've been having a barn burner here on the channel this month. We had uh, Nahamsek. We had John Hammond. We've got Ipsec. Guys, it's super easy for me. All I do is ask a question and get out of the way. Uh, and these guys deliver the heat. So, all right, come on. I, I need something, Herbie, a little bit more. I need a little bit more, Herbie. Oh, my God. I was thinking Herbie would bring the, bring the heat, but let, let's do this. Let's do this. 70s funk, okay? Let's do 70s funk. All right. Hopefully the audio is good. All right. Uh, Jeffrey's asking for a referral code for a discount on Pro. Uh, Jeffrey, I probably have a discount code, but you'll have to tell me. I don't know what you mean on Pro. Like Pro what? Uh, holler at me. Hold on. I need like, I need funky with like a, I need like a, a guitar funky one. All right, guys. Um, if you were here just for the news, thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Shout out to our first timers, Cynthia and Andrew Coleman, if you're still here. Thank you all so much. Um, Alan Norris says, I redid my LinkedIn and resume over the weekend if you want to take another peek at it when you have time. All right, Alan Norris. Let me check my... my. Uh, oh, by the way, what? Do we just become best friends? Yep. Uh, Alan, drop a link in chat. We'll... we'll, we'll uh, We'll take, we'll take, oh shoot. Uh, shoot. All right, hold on. I actually have to go. Um, I've got a HVAC technician um, for the studio in the backyard coming up uh, to, to fix something. Oh, I do. Hey, thanks, Jeffrey. I do not have a uh, link for Haiku Pro a discount code. I could certainly ask Haiku and see if they wanted, um, if they want to do that. But right now, I know you can sign up, and there's a couple free ranges you can play. Um, so let me check my calendar really quickly. I'll make you a deal, chat. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal, chat. I have to go downstairs and open the, um, I have to unlock the door to the studio, okay? If you want, um, I can put you on hold and go do it. It'll take me about 90 seconds and come back, and then we can take a look at Alan Norris's uh, thing, or I can end the stream. Either way, I'm, I'm down for whatever. Uh, you let me know in chat. I, what I don't want to do is put you guys on hold and then come back and I'm by myself. James McQuiggan, welcome to First Time Micah, a local here in Central Florida. Thanks for joining. What? Did we just become best friends, James McQuiggan and Micah? Yep. 
Thank you so much. Hey, Dash, have a good day. Be good. Good show, everybody. I appreciate it. All right. Jesse Johnson's got an in-person interview at an MSP today. No clue what to wear. Suit seems too stuffy. Suggestions. All right, so Jesse Johnson, here's what I like to do personally. I like to go with the button-down and the suit jacket with no tie. Uh, and then I like to wear canvas pants, not dress pants. And I wear, um, you know, that's basically what I do. I don't know. What, hey, actually, that's a great topic. What's appropriate to wear to a job interview? Basically, I wear this and I throw a, uh, you know, a cardigan or a suit jacket uh, over it and then canvas pants. Take care, everybody. All right, guys. Oh, guys, I got to run yesterday. It was good. All right, hey, I'll be right back, okay? You guys, uh, do I have a, uh, oh, I don't have a, like, I don't have a just chatting one. Um, that's interesting. All right, I'll be right back, okay?
All right, what'd I miss? Dude, this music's terrible. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the stream. We are transitioned over to the Cafe Light. Um, dude, I'm looking for, like, 70s funk. Like, what's this? I want something with, like, heavy, like, you know, rhythm guitar, like, boop, boop, boop. No. There we go. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, guys. Really quick. Did Alan Norris drop his uh, his resume in chat? That'd be cool. Uh, oh, okay. No, James McQuiggan, I'm good. Hey, I will tell you, when I do have the cafe up and running, I will be uh, switching to a baseball cap or something more relaxed during that transition. Play that funky music, white boy, that's right. All right. Hey guys, really quickly, I do want to share with you um, Jesse Johnson, who is on um, chat right now. Jesse Johnson, he's actually standing up a Security Plus uh, study group, and there's going to be a channel on um, on the Simply Cyber. Oh, hold on, this. We're getting a, uh, this is a BSEC presented Funky House Throwbacks. Bro, it's a little too much right there. Whoa, bro. Not suitable for work. All right. I appreciate it, uh, BSEC. I think I'm gonna, gonna stick with 70s funk essentials. All right, guys, um, I'm trying to, sorry, stay on brand here. Um, so there will be a Security Plus channel on the Simply Cyber Discord server. So if you're interested in that, definitely um, get on the server. It's Simply Cyber. It's discord.gg slash Simply Cyber if you want to do it. Do you have any Ethical Hackers Academy coupons? Pizza booze. I am student and I really need that right now. Sanya, I do not know um, what the Ethical Hacker Academy is. Yeah. So, Jamie Fleck, uh, if you are studying for your Security Plus, this Jesse Johnson study group is probably right up your alley. By the way, this is an excellent networking opportunity. You will meet a lot of people. All right, so Jesse Johnson's doing them weekly. There is a chess channel. So James McQuiggan, there is a channel on the server called um, Games Lobby. Games Lobby. It's under the Love Fusion Center category. 
So if you guys don't know, on the Simply Cyber Discord server, yes, we talk cyber quite a bit, but there's also a, a Love Fusion Center, which is an opportunity for people to share common interests that are not cyber, right? So there's a movie love, MMA love, beer love, wine love, music love, run love, cooking corner, book club, games lobby, a gear swap uh, for North America, a gear swap for Europe, and a gear swap for everything that is not. Oh, Jamie Fleck, I get it. Congratulations, Jamie. I'm sorry. So Jamie Fleck already passed it in November. Shannon GRC, Cyber God. Yeah, uh, giddy up on that. Um, Jackson King taking Sec Plus in August. Very cool. Yeah, so Jesse, um, like I said, it'll be a Security Plus channel, study channel or something. We'll figure it out. All right, did Al is Alan Norris still here? Oh, oh really quickly, guys. Um, here. Um, today was the um, Crush It Cyber Pro. I'm thinking about actually taking the... Um, I'm thinking about taking the, um, the newsletter... Uh, s support the newsletter URL out of the... Um... Hold on one second. Let's check this out. Let's look at this. Sneak is pretty good. Let's see what Sneak's doing here. Build a security conscious... DevOps pipeline. Okay, so if you're working in DevOps and uh, you want to secure it, Sneak's got a link here. Um, there you go. Uh, if you click on that link, you'll learn about building a security conscious CI/CD pipeline. But this is a sponsored post, so if you click on that, this company is going to donate a dollar for every click to Simply Cyber. So if you want to pay it forward, but you know, but you don't want to commit your dollars, but you want someone else to commit their dollars, click on that link, check out the blog post. Thank you um, for those who click on it, okay? Jeffrey saying, can we get one of the mods to start a referral code list to all requested training testing materials? Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. Um, so I'm, I gotta get a better thing, but if you go to... Um, I'm working on this right now. If you go to my link tree, if you go to my link tree, um, I have, like, like I kind of have that already. Whoever asked for it, um, who asked for it? Anyways, you can see here, like ACI Learning. Here's the code: Simply Cyber Thirty. I've got, I've got these uh, codes and stuff here. I'm gonna add a Let's Defend pretty soon. If you're a blue teamer. Uh, by the way, oh, guys, my book, I, I think I, I just posted on um, LinkedIn a minute ago. Um, my book got over a 1,000 downloads in the first 72 hours. Bananas, guys, bananas. If you want to grab up this book, it's absolutely free. I'm super pumped about it. If you've already got the book, let me know in chat um, what you thought about it. I'd love to hear it. Chip Harris, this is a crazy story. Let's check this out. Holy crap, stay indoors for hours? That's not good. Guys, now that I'm back in my studio, I will be... Um, getting it back into uh, the produced videos. So I've got several that are lined up. 
Dude, stay indoors for hours? That's gross. Dude, chemical fires are no joke, man. It makes me think of the movie um, Chernobyl. All right. Hey, Harish Kumar is saying there's a $5 Shodan. Is that the lifetime? They, do, they usually do this on Black Friday. Where's the Shodan dot? I... Carrie says, I had a recruiter tell me why I wasn't getting any view from employers. I have to redo my resume and LinkedIn page. Absolutely, Carrie. Guys, here's the deal. Really quick. Come on, Shodan. Like, load up. Here's the deal. All right? If you are not getting callbacks from employers, there's a problem with your resume. Okay? If you are not getting the job, you're getting the interviews, but you're not getting the job, there's a problem with your interview skills. All right? Like, wherever it is on the path that you're reaching impediments, that's where you need to focus. I have videos on the channel on how to use ChatGPT to make your resume awesome. I have videos on the channel on how to interview. I have several videos on the channel on how to interview. Uh, take advantage of all these things, okay? Josh Allen, do I have anything uh, solid for studying for CISP? No, I don't, unfortunately. Uh, if anyone in chat has a suggestion, I got my CISP in 2009. Um... And what I did was I read the CISP book. So that's what I did. I'm sure there's better options now. All right. Um, yeah, I will. Guys, I will be getting the Shodan. Um, I'll, I'll spend five bucks to get Shodan for life. That's sick. All right. Jesse Johnson has a resume template that works. Jesse, do you want to drop a link in chat? Or if you make it available to me, I will make it available. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> this is the type of funk I'm looking for. Guys, it's great to be back in the studio. How do you get the five dollar? Um, how do you get the five dollar holler? Does anybody know? Is there a code you got to put in or something? All right, I'll come back to this later. I do want to know though. I will. I'll drop five bucks in a heartbeat for some Shodan. All right, so J Jordan Rudolph asks, is a master's in cyber worth it? I have um, I have a master's in information assurance. I also have a master's in computer science. I, I would say this, it depends what your goals are. If you're looking to be more, uh, more informed as a practitioner, then yes, absolutely. Do you need a master's in cyber to get a job? No, you don't. So that's the deal. It can help you long-term. If your career growth is your goal, masters can help you. Certain institutions, Fortune 500 companies, old establishments, professional services companies very much value master's degrees, um, but you do not need it to have a successful career. Space tacos, oh yeah. 
So, like I said, exactly, James McQuiggan, it depends. I will say, if you have a master's in cyber, that doesn't guarantee you a job. You don't just graduate, walk off the stage, and then someone hands you a job. You still have to do all the work. You still have to be a lifelong learner. You still... Here's something, Dr. Bill Wirtz, a really influential professor at UMass Amherst uh, in my younger days, told me this. A bachelor's degree, you learn how to learn. A master's degree, you actually learn. And a PhD, you contribute back to the community for others to learn. That's what, that's basically what it, it, it boils down to. All right, let's see. Uh, Carrie's done the GRC masterclass. That's right. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna boogie in just a minute here. Uh, oh, here we go. Thank you, BSEC. There it is. I'm gonna drop this link in chat. This is how we get the five dollar Shodan Holler. Dude, lifetime membership for five bucks? Dude, this is a no-brainer. No-brainer. Carrie says, what framework can launch me in GRC? NIST cybersecurity framework. All day, every day. NIST CSF. Boom. Get up on that. All right, guys. All right. It was nice uh, getting back into... Um, Nice getting back into the uh, home office. Got a busy week ahead of us. Guys, I hope everybody crushes their goals. Gerald Osier, please suggest me a free course for SOC analyst. Sure. How about this? Here is how... I would do it if I were you. Free. Right here. Sock analyst skills. Boom. This is free. Free sock skills. Now remember, you got to put the work in, right? You don't just like click on the link and all of a sudden, it's, this isn't the matrix. You don't just download knowledge by sticking a needle in the back of your head. No problem, Kimberly. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. My tummy is starting to feel upset. I, I definitely need some food. A lot of coffee sitting on that. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. You're so kind. All right, guys, um, if you were new here, like Cynthia and Andrew on LinkedIn, thanks so much for checking it out. I'll be back tomorrow, 8 a.m. Like I said, if you're interested, come hang out and party with me at 4 p.m. today. Uh, we're back in the studio. Good stream. Be good to everyone. And uh, looking forward. <laughs> looking forward, everyone, to um, the Let's Play later today. Be good. And until next time, stay secure. Let me get my little outro. I think I'm actually going to um, make a video for the sponsor read since it's the same sponsors for the next six months just to kind of make that a little bit more pro professional and consistent. All right, guys. Be good. 
everybody. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one.